You're listening to The Profile. Hi, welcome to The Profile podcast. I'm Andy Peck. For the past 17 years, I've been interviewing Christian leaders in the church and charity worlds and in the wider culture. It was John Maxwell who famously said, leadership is influence. It's our prayer that these conversations will help you in whatever spheres you have influence for God, whether in the home, at church, in your workplace or elsewhere. The show is brought to you by Premier Christianity magazine, the UK's leading Christian magazine. Get full online access and the print magazine every month by becoming a subscriber. See special offers available now at Premier Christianity. We've all been through a technological revolution. Uh, compare life when you were first educated to how students are today. We've been through the advent of the internet and mobile phones, which have been in mainstream usage from the mid-1990s. And there's more to come. The use of artificial intelligence, commonly known as AI, has already impacted us more than we realise. As Christians in leadership, we ideally need to be anticipating what's to come and navigate our way through some of the ethical dilemmas and inevitable scare stories that will be created around AI. So I'm delighted to be joined this week by two men who are involved in the AI Christian Partnership. Chris Goswami has 30 years experience in high-tech organizations, currently works as a strategic advisor. He's a part-time chaplain at Manchester Airport and associate minister at Lim Baptist Church. Professor John Wyatt will be no stranger to Premier listeners. He's involved with his son, Tim, in the Matters of Life and Death podcast. He's a consultant and academic researcher, focusing especially on the mechanisms, treatment and prevention of brain damage in newborn infants. He's especially engaged also in addressing the new philosophical, ethical and theological challenges caused by advances in medical science and technology, including, of course, AI. So welcome, uh, Chris. Uh, it's great to be here, Andy. Thank you. Uh, and welcome, John. Yes, thanks, Andy. It's good to be here. I mentioned the AI Christian Partnership in my uh, introduction. Uh, so, Chris, perhaps you could kick off and tell us what that is. Yeah. So, um, as as you've said, Andy, there's hardly a week going by. I don't think there is a week going by now where there isn't a, a story in the mainline news on AI. So everybody will, will have heard of this. I heard a couple of weeks ago that OpenAI that run ChatGPT, just one of several bots, now have 100 million users every week. And that 92% of the top companies in America, the so-called Fortune 500, are building AI applications. So it's out there. So we, in the AI Christian Partnership, we share a common belief that AI is transforming our world um, to the same extent the internet did, but at a faster pace. So we're in this situation where here's this technology. We can't put the genie back in the bottle. It's out there. It's naive to think that. But uh, in the partnership, and I'll say who's in the partnership in a sec, uh, we believe that working together, we can harness AI for good, uh, for God's kingdom, for church, for people, that Christians in work and for ministry. Um, our members include um, Youthscape, uh, Youth Leader Training Organization, Theos, the Theological Think Tank, Faraday Institute for Science and Religion, ECLAS, in, in, in um, Engaging Christian Leaders in Science, the Industrial Christian Fellowship, and also individuals like uh, John and myself are involved in this. So we've been meeting probably since July now, um, mainly online, but also we had a face-to-face -face meeting. 
And we've kicked off, I think, half a dozen projects, um, mainly practical. So we're looking at um, resources for youth leaders in AI. We're looking to set up a hub for Christians wanting to find out what is AI? How can I play with it? Is it safe? Um, we're looking at generating some reports. Um, in, for example, AI and relationships is a report we're coming out with. Um, and we're, we're bringing together the organizations basically because we believe that um, we can engage Christians, we can equip Christians to engage well with AI in a way that um, promotes human flourishing and gospel values. So people want to know about us at the end of this, we can find our registration page on AIChristian.org. But in, in a nutshell, that's who we are and why we came together. Well, thanks, Chris, so much. Now, John, um, I come to you for the kind of AI for dummies, if I may. <laughs> so, uh, you know, some people are thinking, well, I kind of know what AI is, but I, you know, what does, you know, give me some insight. Well, what does it, you know, practically, what will it mean? What is it all about? Well, it's an idea that's been around for a long time. In fact, um, back in the 1950s, uh, computer scientists were talking about uh, creating sophisticated software that would be increasingly capable of taking on things that only human beings had been able to do before, particularly intellectual tasks, cognitive tasks. But, you know, it's really just taken off in the last few years at, at a most extraordinary rate. And to some extent, AI is a marketing term now. It, apparently, you, if you want to put in any kind of business proposal, you've got to have AI in there somewhere, whatever it is. And um, so it, it's, the, it's the great um, kind of, there's a, there's a huge amount of hype going on here. But at the same time, there's no doubt that something very, very significant is happening. Um, and that there's a kind of runaway technology taking place. As, as these computer systems are feeding on, on one another they're getting stronger uh, they're, they're getting more effective and as we look into the future i think there's no doubt that um this is going to be one of those transformative technologies people are, are making thinking it's maybe equivalent to the kind of the invention of steam or electricity you know one of those utterly transformative technologies which as we'll look back will say actually it was the around the 2020s when it really took off and I, th I think the challenge is that uh, this is happening so fast that for many of us, particularly people within the Christian world who've, who've been following, you know, things from the outside, there's a, there's a feeling of kind of disorientation. Um, what on earth is happening? Where is this going? Um, and, and, uh, so as Chris said, we think it's really important for Christians in this field, uh, to get together and and to try to help us all to understand both what the positive uh, possibilities are of this technology, how to use it for good, whilst at the same time, of course, being realistic about some very genuine risks. Excellent. Thank you. Well, as we unpack this a little bit more, that will become clear in people's minds, because I'm going to ask you the kind of impact that AI is going to have in a number of different areas. So the first would be, in, a, in our working lives. Now, I appreciate work is a broad spectrum, <laughs> everything from, you know, ditch diggers all the way through to taxi drivers and what have you. But um, I suppose we're talking the office world, particularly, Chris, are we? It, well, not just the office world. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of – so basically, uh, you've just reminded me, I saw an, um, a cartoon a few weeks ago in the newspaper uh, when the AI summit was on. There were two little boys sitting on a, um, a farm farmyard gate, 
And one boy was saying to the other boy, uh, when you grow up, what job do you want AI to do for you? Right? <laughs> which, which kind of summarizes some of the fear out there and the worry out there. And I think part of it is is you can't, AI isn't something we can easily define. It has this element of discover, discoverability. It's capable of discovering more by itself. Uh, so you can't fence it in in the way that perhaps you can do with traditional software programming. So when it comes to employment, um, I, I would say, you know, millions of jobs will be impacted by AI. Um, but but hang on, you know, that's what happened with the Industrial Revolution. Um, people who who actually had little cottage industries going uh, suddenly found themselves out of work. But in the longer term, many more jobs were created. Or if we take the example of the invention of electricity, um, only just over 100 years ago, um, people who made oil lamps and so forth were put out of business. But look at the jobs that have been created, not just um, electricity generation, which is one industry, but all the household appliances you've got at home now. All those industries out there from PCs to hair dryers to lamps to, to the technology we're using, all powered by this thing called electricity. So so many, many more jobs were created. And I think, um, you know, it's easy to, to, in a way, it's easy to say that we still have to go through the transition. And that's not an easy thing to do. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's but but we are doing that. And I'm finding increasingly, I'm, I'm, I'm sure John is as well, that people we know, um, are actually just getting into this. So two examples. Um, one is um, a social worker at work. Um, she works with, uh, with with difficult families who are in trouble. And she said this day, you know, um, loads of us are using AI now to generate our case reports. They use it as a co-pilot, which means they're sitting alongside it and they're using it to generate, if you like, the common section of a report that perhaps isn't that hard to do. And then they will tweak it. The other example is a lawyer at the same church who said to me, we've banned AI. So we're not allowing any of our uh, partners, any of our solicitors to use AI. But my reply to that is, um, you are then vulnerable to the Uber of the legal industry or the Airbnb of the legal industry coming along and innovating with AI because you're refusing to use it. Yeah. So I think... Um, you know, it's there's no doubt it's going to be massively impactful. There are, however, jobs that will not be impacted, and and whereas you 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 know that that might be a bit arguable. But for example, jobs where you need your hands, um, like a physiotherapist or or an electrician or a construction worker, uh, are less likely to be impacted. Or in fact, a job where you know you want to see the person that that it's a it's a cat a doctor or something like that. Um, where perhaps we would be less inclined, I think, to hand that over. Um, and, and from a Christian point of view, I, I like this idea of, of how can we redeem technology? Technology has within it some really negative um, tendencies, a lot of it because it's to do with power. And with when we talk about fallen people, power always tends to, to go to the dark side. But by God's grace and through the Holy Spirit, this technology can be redeemed. It can be brought back out of the hands of evil and used for good. And, and that's the challenge. How do we do that? Well, well um, let's move from, from work, John, to, to maybe your field. You're a professor. Uh, I don't know to the extent you're a teaching professor, but nevertheless, education will be part of your, your world. Um, uh, and, and, of course, that's been one of the obvious and easy 
concerns about this whole thing is well why would you need to write an essay if if you robot an ai a program can do it for you and that i guess will be a big concern in in the in the fields of research etc well it's certainly a big issue which is impacting education at every level so all the way from sort of junior education high school all the way through to college university medical school um and it's it's causing everyone to have a sort of major rethink about what does it look like to to educate people as you say it's perfectly possible f- to use uh, something like ChatGPT to create essays and at, at a press of a button. Um, that doesn't mean they're particularly good essays. <laughs> and um, I, I think the way forward that many educators are, are coming to the conclusion is that it's actually using this tool together with students, getting them to let's discuss together how you might use a generative AI to address a question like this. Uh, Certainly, you know, when it comes to training doctors, uh, we sometimes we really need to know what do the doctors, what do the medical students know? And that means if necessary, we're going to have to put them in an exam room. We're going to have to take sure. them away from all the tools. We're going to have to ask them straight questions. If it turns out they can't answer on the, <laughs> the questions, then we know the answers. So we, we have to adapt. We have to take and use see how how can we use this technology for good how can we certainly in the field of medicine i mean in the foreseeable future uh everybody certainly every doctor is going to have access to this box that is effectively has the sum total of medical knowledge um instantly available and yeah. using that well is is going to be a fantastic advance Um, Again, we're going to have to learn how to do that so we still retain the core skills of the human beings whilst we we sort of leverage uh, this astonishing power that the technology is giving us. And, John, on the the medicine side, um, there's been some quotes which I guess you would know about in terms of AI um, assisting diagnosis of cancer, mammograms and things like that. Absolutely. I mean, anything works just to do with kind of pattern recognition. And a medicine is a, lot, is a lot to do with pattern recognition of scans, of results, of, of clinical information and so on. Wherever you've got that that pattern recognition, then this kind of technology, the uh, generative AI, is able to recognize patterns uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and then mm-hmm. explain in, a, in, a, in human language what it's seeing. And something else on the education side, I was listening to a podcast, um, one of the tech pod- podcasts from the US a few weeks ago, and they actually had an educator, whatever that means, an educator on, uh, uh, to, actually two, and they made a couple of points. One was, one of them said, what, what AI has made us do is flip the education model. So when we all went to school, and, and even now at school, you learn at school, and then you do your assignments, your homework at home. Uh, and what they're saying now is that ChatGPT and Bard and Jasper are such great tutors. So, so what they're saying is to the students: now you go home, take Jasper or ChatGPT, and get get it to teach you how to do GCSE algebra or trigonometry or calculus, or whatever it is. So learn that at home from your AI tutor. Then, when you come to school tomorrow, where we can see it's you doing it, that's where you'll do the assignment. And they, they were actually saying this is a better way of teaching anyway, even without AI, just with stuff like great YouTube videos, other teaching resources online, 
they're finding this is a better way of teaching anyway, which is interesting. It's taken AI um, to do that. Chris, I, I introduced you as an associate minister at Lim Baptist Church, and uh, I'm just wondering the extent to which you feel your work as an associate pastor or indeed your colleagues uh, are going to be affected also. I mean, we it's a segue, obviously, from the education dimension because part of a Christian pastor's work is education. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I use AI partly because I'm interested in AI, but also because I'm a minister. Um, but you again, as a co-pilot, I think it's great. And I think that is a that is a phrase actually that Elon Musk came up with out with. But anyway, as a co-pilot, it's great. It's where you hand things over that it stops being great. So there was that service in Germany in about July this year, in 2023, that was entirely conceived and uh, the liturgy and the songs and the prayers and the sermon were all were all written by AI and delivered by AI. And the general response was, well, it, it lacked humanity. It wasn't, it didn't, it missed it. It missed a point, really. It didn't hit the, hit the mark. And I think the other problem is you can easily lose the Holy Spirit from this. Um, so, yeah, chat GPT can write a sermon for you, but just because it can doesn't mean it should um, once we start leaving the Holy Spirit out of this. Um, but there are some good examples out there, I think, where Christian ministers or, or people in Christian ministry are using AI. Um, so, for example, there's a there's an app out there which I've used a couple of times called Pulpit AI or Pulpit.ai or something, and you upload a sermon that you've written, so a human sermon, and basically what it will do within a few minutes, it repurposes that content and then gives you back um, 10 questions to ask a study group, um, some great uh, one-line uh, uh, sound bites to use in social media, a blog based on your sermon, uh, devotionals for a week based on your sermon. I wouldn't use all these, but I would use one or two of them. I think that's a good use. Um, another really standout use that I've seen is, and it's not yet um, out in the public domain, but um, a company called Vixen Labs, who are also represented on our um, AI Christian Partnership, uh, working in conjunction with the Alpha organization, uh, created a bot called the Beta Bot. And the Beta Bot is meant to be used, again, alongside the Alpha course organizer, the Alpha course presenter, to help you with those really tough questions, like, you know, what about evil and, and what, what does this say about what, what does this say about what's happening in the Middle East at the moment? Um, questions which are not easy to answer. Uh, and the, the example of this beta body is it may, if the Alpha organization actually roll it out, it's a it's again it's an example of a co-pilot a co-leader something that can help the leader so there are um lots of opportunities um you know um i think we were talking earlier just before we went on on air about um a christian organization called missional generation who develops another bot to help uh, youth leaders and christian uh, uh, christian uh, children's leaders to develop plans uh, for sunday to to to, to create a game to, an icebreaker you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, so the programmatic ability of these things to go out and the discoverability of these things to, to create new material. So if you asked for a, a Sunday school lesson uh, using these, these, this title and this, and this um, lesson, lesson uh, objective, and I did the same thing, we would get two completely different plans. And again, um, used within its limits, um, I think I think there's a lot of potential there. I'm, I'm, you know, we'll come to John whether John you agree, 
Um, and that, but that's what our AI Christian partnership is about, partly. What are the limits? What are the ethics of this? And so, Chris, just to explain, how, how does that actually work? So the the the, the AI searches the, the, the vast amount of knowledge on those topics and yeah. selects? How does it – give me yeah, some – Yeah, no, so um, AI has this ability to discover and create – so basically, um, it has a mountain, a model of, of of many millions of sources of information. It has a model of websites that are out there, social media that's out there, the Bible, commentaries that are out there. You know, I can look at one commentary, I can look at 10. It has a model of all this data that's already out there on the internet, okay? that's okay. the It has this model. But secondly, it doesn't then copy and paste. It uses um, an, a... a a process called prediction to predict what the next sentence, the next word would be, depending on the question you asked. So if you asked it to say, you know, write me a sermon, let's say, on encouragement on a passage in Hebrews, it has this mountain of commentaries and, and previous sermons on Hebrews, but it doesn't copy them. It uses them to predict your sermon. Um, I think that's kind of it in a nutshell. Well, <laughs> it, it is quite mind-boggling what's going on, and it's certainly true that it, it's not copying and pasting. But one of the big problems at the moment with the current models is that they've been trained on ridiculous amounts of data, which has just been scraped up across the web, including, as as Chris says, a whole lot of Bibles and commentaries and sermons and, and good stuff, but also a whole lot of terrible evil stuff has also been all scraped up and analyzed and programmed and and this is part of the problem is that there's there's a possibility of all kinds of hidden biases and and distortions uh, which can be quite subtle and quite difficult to to pick up so i think one of the really promising things for the future is to try to create ais which have specifically been trained on good material you know that we know that this has uh, this AI has only been trained on really strong and well thought through and curated material, which we will all agree with, um, and that will be, I think, will will create just a much more reliable and trustworthy um, source. So I I think this is a major issue for the future. You know, can we encourage the technologists? Um, and, and, and Christian organizations maybe to be creating um, uh, or curating um, large language models which are particularly focused on good purposes for the kingdom. Well, certainly time's starting to defeat us. We've still got a little bit of time, but um, I just want to um, maybe ask a question regarding you know, listeners who for whom this is a kind of a blank page and they're wondering what on earth they could do just to investigate, what what would their the next step be? Would it be to read something? Would it be to 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 pop something into chat GPT? What what would what would be a good next investigative step for someone who's a, a little bit uh naive about it all? Uh well perhaps I'll have the first go. I think the first thing I'd say is um not to be afraid of this um, technology. You know, te the church has dealt with technology in the past, online giving, um, online services, all things that we never envisaged just a few decades ago. 
And actually, there are some good aspects of AI. One of the things that John and I and, and the partnership we met up in Sheffield a few weeks ago uh, for 24 hours, and one of the things he came out with is actually AI is good at teaching us to be more human. Because if AI can look after people, in quotes, and have conversations, what does it mean then to have human pastoral care? What What is it that's unique about what we do? Uh, and there are uniques. There are uniques about being human. Um, so I think that, um, you know, not to be afraid is the first thing. There are uniques about being human. You know, AI, we will always be different to AI. Um, God will never have a relationship with AI, as God can have a relationship with us. And then in terms of what to do, I mean, um, we're setting up our, our website, which will help people, introduce people, Christians, to the world of AI. But for now, yeah, I would say, you know, um, ChatGPT is the one that people know. Um, go and ask it some questions. Okay. Anything to add, John? Yeah, well, we are trying to create more resources. Um, and and we, we could put in the show notes some, some links. Uh, I helped to... Uh, co-edit a book called The Robot Will See You Now, mm -hmm. which has a number of um, chapters all written by Christians, uh, subtitled Artificial Intelligence and the Christian Faith. Um, and uh, some of us have personal websites where we're putting putting up material. So I think there is a, we're all actively working on this, trying to get out uh, material for people to start thinking. Um, none of us have the definitive answer. This is all happening so fast that it's, uh, it's hard to get our heads around it. But I think we're all involved in the process. Well, guys, thank, thank you so much. We, we've dipped our toe, and um, we are hoping to have another show on this particular topic uh, in the new year. So we look forward to, uh, to doing that. But thank you for introducing us to this and uh, for uh, those Christians in leadership listening who for whom this is new. I trust this has been a, a helpful time for you. So thank you to John. Hi, thanks to be here. Uh, and thank you, Chris. I've really, I've really enjoyed it, Andy. Thank you. It was lovely to chat with Chris Goswami and Professor John Wyatt. Uh, some of the details, if you want to get a pen. Uh, first of all, their partnership. You find that on the AIChristian.org. Uh, we mentioned ChatGPT. Uh, just uh, Google ChatGPT and you can ask it questions. Chris mentioned uh, sermons on uh, pulpitai.com. And John Wyatt has edited a book with Stephen Williams. He mentioned that the robot will see you now. Uh, and then the sites of the respective uh, people on the call. Uh, Johnwyatt.com, that's W-Y-A-T-T.com. And uh, Chris Goswami, G-O-S-W-A-M-I. And his website is number seven minutes.net slash blog uh, and he's got an article particularly on the church is taking on ai there this is andy peck thanking you for your company and hoping that this conversation about ai hasn't blown your mind too much but it actually can be a tool that can be a blessing where you are bye for now you've been listening to the profile in association with premier christianity magazine